Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, the 29th of July, and Wall Street didn't behave itself overnight, down 205. Our futures were down 26, but we have been up 31 points this morning. We're currently down three, but we have been up 31 points. That comes on the back of an APRA announcement that the banks can return to paying dividends, but they suggest that they retain 50% of their earnings. And the banks went up on the back of that. At one point, most of them were up about 3%, although they've backed off now. And if you work that through, what it effectively means is that with a payout ratio of 50%, the banks, if they pay that out, are going to go back to paying 55% to 66% of their previous dividends pre-COVID. And whilst that might be a relief to some people who didn't get a dividend at all from ANZ, NAB and Westpac in the latest set of results, it's hardly an exciting prospect if the banks are going to start paying out 50% payout ratios instead of the usual 80 to 90%. So I'm not sure that's going to light the sector up for very long. And against a backdrop of very low interest rates, which prevent them from earning a decent margin, this is not a growth sector. And I don't think you're going to see a resurrection rally on the back of that APRA commentary. And it will leave a lot of retirees thinking, where are they going to get some income? Anyway, moving on, there is a bit of optimism today as US case numbers are leveling out. Have a look at the chart in the strategy piece today and you'll see that. Death numbers are still rising, but you'd expect that as case numbers come off, it'll take a while before the death numbers level out as well. Got morbid stuff, this isn't it? But there you go. Uh, case numbers have leveled out in the US. And interestingly, Victorian case numbers today were down to 295, having been over 500. And there is hope that wearing masks is going to work. We'll see how that trend develops, but it's obviously better news. Not such good news today is Queensland shutting its border to residents of Sydney. That will come as a bit of a blow to the travel stocks. And most of them are looking pretty shabby today. Flight Centre, Webjet, Qantas all down. But we do need to watch this improvement in case numbers in the US that could provide a stronger undertone to the market and take away any sort of precipitous fears. Meanwhile, I see an article today with photos of Melbourne City and how empty it is at the moment. It's absolutely a ghost town. We've got to be careful because as Boris Johnson said in London, they need to get back into the CBD or risk permanent damage to the CBD economy. What restaurateur is going to want to stay open in the city if it hollows out? Same with coffee shops and everything else. And once one of them pulls out, another pulls out before you know where you are, you haven't got an economy in the CBD anyway not encouraging signs in the Melbourne CBD for the moment. I'm sure it'll come back, but it's not looking fabulous at the moment. This just could be the worst moment of all, though. And this is the moment to probably go and buy a coffee shop in the CBD because it'll be as cheap as it's ever going to get. Anyway, moving on, we declared yesterday that on the assumption that the market's going to go sideways, and it's still looking like it's going sideways for the moment, and on the understanding that our blanket all-cash call in our SMAs denied us some opportunities in particularly things like gold and technology, although I would point out there's a very narrow corridor of stocks. That's You're talking about 8% of the market here. But we have missed those opportunities by being in a blanket all-cash call. So we have decided that if the market is going to go sideways, we can't just sit in cash. We are prepared to trade individual stocks rather than sit in all-cash. But I would tell you, don't expect us to start popping out ideas every day. The market is still on the nose a little bit. We are in no rush. We haven't bought anything today. But we are finding it a lot more interesting 
looking for stock ideas than we are worrying about the market. We are now picking up on all the broker research, all the articles, spruiking stocks that fund managers already hold and wish the rest of us would buy, which is how the market works, by the way. But we are clearly on the lookout for ideas, and it's rather more interesting than just being gloomy about the market and hopefully that'll spice up the content in this strategy piece as well as make some money for our SMA investors who are currently sitting there in cash. It is a worn, torn market. There will be opportunities around. I would love a recovery if we did get this peaking in cases in the US and some optimism about Australia coming out of the virus damage. Then there are some stocks on their backs at the moment in sectors like travel and tourism and energy. And that's where we'll be looking to make money not buying APT at the top on a PE of minus 2000. So we are looking for opportunities that we get excited about buying that have an upside momentum. We're not going to force money into the market just because we've decided that we can. Outside of that, there are a few sell signals around today on the charts. CBA, Afterpay, Macquarie, Evolution Mining, Amcor, NextDC, Appen, Ansel, Perpetual. We're in no rush to buy the market. There are no relevant big stock buy signals that interest us today, for instance. So we'll let the ideas come to us. We won't go forcing ideas upon ourselves just because we've said we would. There are a lot of hurdles to get over in the next 48 hours. We've got an FOMC meeting, and that could be very interesting because there is this suggestion, I think it's unlikely, but there is this suggestion that the Fed are moving towards a monetary policy structure that will tie interest rates to an economic outcome, say inflation getting into their 2 to 3% target range before they raise rates. And that really would change this monthly surprise idea of monetary policy which has existed since the 80s and is really rather archaic. If the central bank want to instill confidence, which they clearly do, then people need to see a long runway on where interest rates are going rather than a one-month runway every month. And if they start to tie it to inflation, say getting to 2% or 2.5% or into their 2 to 3% range, then Oxford economics tell us that that will pass the message that interest rates aren't going up until 2024, in which case consumers and business will start to rely on low interest rates and not fear a sudden rise in interest rates and therefore instill more confidence in the economy and that sort of stuff. Anyway, I think it's unlikely that the FOMC will move to that structure tomorrow, but you never know. Other than that, the likelihood is that Powell will repeat the message that he has been pushing for the last month. And I'll give give you one of his quotes. We will make our way back from this, but it will take time and work. The path ahead is likely to be challenging. So expect a sort of challenging outlook from the Fed. This is not a time ahead of a GDP number, which is expected to be down 35% in a quarter. This is not the time for the central bank to pretend that everything's okay. So expect a sort of challenging outlook vibe to the FOMC, which is unlikely to really inject the market with any particular enthusiasm. But you never know. We'll wake up to that tomorrow morning. You'll see the inflation number is out in Australia already today. It is actually a deflation number down 1.9%, slightly better than the minus 2% that some strategists and economists 
economists had expected. I don't think it's really terribly relevant to the market. It's not going to be pushing interest rates around. Everyone knew this was going to be a terrible quarter. It's all about where it goes from here. We all know COVID-19 has upset prices. Meanwhile, a couple of last little points. The political divides in the US are coming out over this disagreement about the current coronavirus relief bill. And it's not just about Democrats and Republicans. There are clearly divides within the Republican Party as well, which is not good for Trump and sets us up for a really quite interesting election. Will Trump get in or not? It is a potentially big market factor. If Joe Biden gets in, he's threatening to reverse tax cuts handed out by Trump in his first year. And I've seen some strategists suggest that this could drop earnings growth for the S&P 500 from 17% to 12%, was it? Which means the PE on the market isn't what it looks like. The PE is actually a heck of a lot higher than it looks at the moment on current earnings estimates. Anyway, clearly it's going to be an interesting November. Now, finally, a word on results. And you can read about this in the strategy piece today. But the results season's coming up. I'll put the calendar in the strategy piece today. And I've got links to an article that I wheel out every results season, which is an article about how to navigate the results season. The results season is a dangerous time. For instance, freelancer, not that we'd ever buy freelancer, but freelancer and independence group IGO both had announcements today. They're both down 8% on announcements. CIMIC also had results today and were up 4%. They're not up that as they're not up as much as that now. They're up 1%. But they were up 4% earlier today. Results are like running around on a battlefield in the middle middle of an artillery barrage wearing an orange vest. You never quite know when you're going to be blown up. So have a read of the article, but it is about why the results season is dangerous, basically because there is now continuous disclosure requirements and companies dump information on a results date rather than feed it out gradually. And also because of things like high frequency trading, which picks up on, can you believe it, adjectives in announcements. For instance, if you say warning in the headline of your announcement, your share price is immediately sold off by the high frequency traders. So I've told one of my mates who's a CEO of a listed company, you should put out an announcement that says, warning, these results are really good and the high frequency traders will flog the stock. We can all buy it low down and then it'll rip back up later in the day as everyone wakes up to the fact that it was actually a good result. Anyway, you can see what I'm saying. High frequency trading, continuous disclosure means a lot of information is dumped on results day and you really don't need to take the risk. We're in the business of being rewarded for taking a controlled level of risk, not a high level of risk. And the way to do that over results is to watch for the results. And even if a stock pops, on the day of its results, just expect that. That's a good signal to you that the stock is doing better than the market expected and it has now de-risked itself for three to six months. It's a good time to be looking to buy stocks. So we will be waiting for results, not taking bets on results. Anyway, you can read about that in the strategy piece today. And on the results front, we have Rio's results at 4.15 today their time to come out with the UK market open. So aftermarket for us, they've already had production numbers. They weren't terribly exciting. I'm not sure these will really blow the market away. And there's a lot of suspicion at the moment that the iron ore price is in a bit of a a bubble. Morgan Stanley are saying it'll drop to $80 from over $100 in the next quarter. Anyway, we'll see how Rio go. But this is the start of the results season. And as I say, best to react to results than take the bet ahead of results. And that's particularly so for mid-cap small companies. For instance, do you think that there is a low or high risk over the 
after pay results. Well, it's a very high risk. And on that basis, we used to, when we were invested in mid-cap companies, growth companies ahead of results season, we used to just jump out of the market in some of those smaller stocks prior to the results coming out just to ensure we're on the right track and to reduce the risk of a major upset. Some of these stocks can move 20% in a day. I remember one of the ASX 100 stocks, I think it was Down or EDI, in 2018 moved 20% down on the day of its results, only to close that day down 10% and then to recover the whole lot in the next couple of days. It really is a dangerous moment. You have been warned. Have a read of the article. Right, that's about it for today as I leave you. The market is down seven. I have a picture in the strategy piece today of social distancing in Spain. Go and have a look at that. And also, I'll just tell you, for those of you stuck in Victoria wondering what to watch, Emma and I have got Hooked on Halt and Catch Fire on Foxtel. Halt and Catch Fire. You might have a go at that. It's about a PC developer trying to make the first portable computer in competition with IBM and Apple. Anyway, we quite like it. You have a good day, and we'll pick this up tomorrow. Tomorrow.